0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Max Impact, where we look to make a maximum impact for the kingdom of God. Teddy Caputo and Xander Deacons joining you in studio. We have a great topic for you today. We just wrapped up our conversation with Pastor Chris Calley on young adults and theology, how we even approach that topic. I think that's a great way to wrap up the year of 2023 and look to 2024 uh, as we have a whole year ahead of us and with that we are going to be talking about new year's resolutions today Ooh. Xander how are you how are you feeling now that we are in 2024
1: um you know uh it, it every year starts to blur into one I think when you reach a certain age like uh, I I used to hear old people talk about it all the time like all oh, the years just go by so quickly and you, when you're a kid they don't uh because <laughs> you measure time by christmases and you can never you know whatever but like it, it like now it really does feel like it's getting it, it's getting faster oh yeah i think so mm. now it's like it's like there's whole years that have gone by where i'm like oh that was that was a whole year that's right. interesting
0: yeah you know it's interesting i had a conversation with uh some friends of mine uh from college and what we were talking about this topic of like time feeling shorter, you know, like a year goes by faster. And it was interesting. One of them had brought up this perspective of, you know, when we're five years old, one year of our life is a fifth of our life. Or when you're like one and a half years old, one year's uh, like 75% of your life. So when you think about a year in that time frame, it feels longer because we've only experienced a certain amount. But when say you're like 50 years old, a year is only like two percent of your life so yeah. in that respect that the fraction of time makes the perception of time seem faster and I, I thought that was really neat you know I just recently turned 26 so uh, it, it definitely I, I'm noticing that even when I was like 17 18 you know the year is it seemed to go by slower than it than it does now so yeah I
1: first noticed it when I turned 19 and it was the first time I really had to work on my birthday uh. <laughs> <laughs> that that right. that was when it started to. Um, that was when it started to really hit.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. For me, I think when uh, time really started going faster. I want to say after I graduated from school, mm-hmm. because when I was in school, and obviously you were in school uh, recently as well, uh, y- you would look forward to the end of the semester because yeah. there was there was a marked end. Like, okay, I'm done with classes. Phew, I got some time to breathe. Right. And obviously, waiting for that would. It, the time would feel like it's going slower. But now, uh, being out of school and in the working world, you know, we don't necessarily have those types of and breaks. And now it's just your life. Exactly. Like, there's no section of time that's like a month off or two months off, like awaiting an end. You know, we're just constantly going through it until the f- the final end, which is, you know, being in front of God face mm-hmm. to face and in his kingdom. Um, but yeah, we really wanted to talk about New Year's resolutions. Xander came to me and said, hey, this would be a great topic to talk about. And I actually, I tend to agree with them. So uh, before we get into New Year's resolutions, uh, I'm sure everybody here knows what a New Year's resolution is, but I'm going to define it really quick in case we don't or if anyone listening doesn't know what it is. It's uh, My definition I have here is from Wikipedia, but this is what Wikipedia says. It says that it's a tradition most common in the Western world, it, I guess it calls it also be found in the Eastern world, Um, but it's really in which a person resolves to continue good practices, change an an undesired trait or behavior, accomplish a personal goal, or otherwise improve their behavior at the beginning of a calendar year. So really, we're looking to resolve things in our lives that we don't want there anymore and trying to put things in its place that we do want. Um, so, you know, when we are thinking about those things, uh, I'll just ask you this first question, Xander, that I have written down as we were discussing this the other day. Uh, what really should we be resolving to uh, when we think about New Year's resolutions as a Christian and especially as young adults in our Christian faith? So, Teddy, you're
1: going to notice a pattern with these episodes. All of my answers can't really be neat. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, okay. gonna be a big <laughs> long thing that's basically my point of the episode so resolving mm-hmm. it, it so resolve to conform more to the image of Christ I would say mm-hmm. um and where where I wanted to go with this is who who are you making this resolution for mm. and like what exactly is the purpose because like so I have a scripture here, James five twelve, mm. James chapter 5, verse 12, he says, but above all my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, mm-hmm. so that you may not fall under condemnation. Mm-hmm. Now, lest we look at just this one verse and we think, oh, so I'm not supposed to make any oath because there is, you do run that risk when you just look at the verse, this echoes the teaching of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. Right. So in Matthew 5... This is verses thirty three through thirty seven. It says Again you've heard it that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you've sworn. But I say to you, Do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, and do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything Mm. more than this comes from evil. So I was looking at commentaries just today on that verse because I I was a little confused right by these verses like so what is, what exactly is Jesus saying mm-hmm. and the consensus I, I read uh, the Reformation Study Bible and Matthew Henry's commentary Matthew mm-hmm. Henry was a uh, was an was an Anglican minister in the seventeen hundreds
0: mm-hmm.
1: the consensus seems to be that the practice of oaths isn't forbidden because you know Paul. Paul makes God his witness in right. in other, in verses of scripture. Uh-huh. What the practice that it is condemning is swearing by anything less than God. Okay, And it's actually putting sacred oaths in their proper place
0: mm-hmm.
1: by not just, you know, because think of, think of what it says in Hebrews. Mm-hmm. When God makes the covenant of Abraham, he says... The the author of Hebrews says God swore by Himself because there was nothing higher to swear by. Right. So it's the it's the thing of like who are you resolving to? It's what exactly are you trying to change your behavior for? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with trying to change your behavior for your friends or your family or something. Like that. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. It's just ultimately your purpose in as a Christian in improving your behavior is out of Gratitude for the saving work of Jesus yes, amen. and out of gratitude for God's mercy in your life, God's grace in your life, God's provision in your life, not to maintain your salvation, not to earn your salvation, but because you're saved, you, you want to mirror the habits and behaviors that reflect God's
0: son. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought this up first, actually. I wasn't really thinking along these lines, but I'm glad you did because before we even look at what some New Year's resolutions can even be for young adults in uh, in the Christian faith, we need to understand how important making a resolution is because, I mean, basically on what you've said, which I would agree with, you know, making a resolution, it's akin to making like an oath mm-hmm. or a vow to ourselves that we're going to do something. And And when God tells us, to when we do that, like, we have to mean what we say. Like, it's very important. Like, we can't just make an oath or a vow or, in this case, a New Year's resolution without truly meaning it and acting upon it. That's why he's saying don't do these things because if you do them, then you have to actually fulfill it. Otherwise, you know, it will result in in sin one way or another, Um, you know. And and think of, like, a wedding, you know, when you Mm -hmm. get married and you have vows, you know, how important— holding those vows are and sticking to those vows. And I'm not saying it's every case with every marriage, but you see that when two people get divorced, it's most likely because they were not holding true to the vows that they made on their wedding day. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that is really important. I'm glad you said that. So, uh, you know, as we discuss these things, there is also another thing here, uh, a scripture. Let me see if I can find it. Um, Yeah, no, just like, There's always that scripture where we're uh, in David, uh, excuse me, let me back up a little bit.
1: It's my favorite book of the Bible.
0: (laughs) The book of David, yeah, Yeah. no. There's a scripture in Psalm, uh, the Psalms, uh, Psalm 51, verse 10, where David says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You know, I think that's an overarching theme for resolutions. You know, that's something maybe we should do before we even think about. Uh, making a resolution is, that, you know, really just creating me a clean heart, renew right spirit within me, get me back on the right track so I could think clearly as to what maybe I do need to do next uh, to grow my relationship with God, to glorify him and to to do the work that he's called me to do. So, uh, Xander, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, what what are your New Year's resolutions? Do you have any that are on your heart or things that you would at least like to aspire to do this year to grow in your walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, you just
1: kind of inspired one that I was going to talk about. Um, the 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 practice of verbally confessing your sin is not something that I think we do often. Mm. Um, and I don't mean it in a sense where you have to do it to, like, I don't know, get back into a state of grace or something like that. Yeah. I mean, like, because we, I, and this is something I tend to do, is, like, if you sin and you confess it you you tend to confess it silently because you you get the you're like god knows you know god knows my heart mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily a bad thought because it's it's correct mm-hmm. but at the same time i think there's something about verbally confessing mm-hmm. um like james says confess your sin to one another that you may be healed like he, he's yeah. not saying that again from a salvation standpoint he's saying that because it clears your conscience. Yes. It does. It clears your conscience. Mm-hmm. It When you confess your sin verbally, it sounds so disgusting coming out of your mouth mm-hmm. that like it, it stops you. It stops you more than if you just in your heart said, I'm sorry for that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it stops you more. And I think something we should start the new year off by is confession. Yeah. I, I think it, it, in your prayers in the new year, you should... You should confess uh, to God, you know, as much as you remember, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and I don't, again, not in a legalistic way, but just in in an effort to like keep short accounts, like keep, right. to keep short accounts with God. Like I, I, I reference the scripture a lot in another Psalm, in Psalm thirty-two. You know, David talks about, you know, blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven. Mm -hmm. And he says, for when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. He says, for your hand was heavy upon me. Mm -hmm. Because this is what it is, is is when you're silent, that conviction is on you. Yeah. And, And that turns into, that can be manipulated into guilt into shame like not conviction the conviction is meant so you confess yeah you don't you're not supposed to live with it you're not supposed to live with this you know the feeling of unconfessed sin you know so it's so i think a resolution i have would be to just keep shorter accounts in in that in that way
0: yeah absolutely you know not having a a clean conscience in that respect you know where you you're saying like there's there's sins we haven't confessed and you know as that weighs on our conscience then that affects other areas of our life Mm -hmm. you know just the ability to even serve god or the ability to even want to serve god because then you're like oh like i've done these things and I'm not worthy of being in this position. But, you know, what does God say in First uh, John chapter 1, verse 9? That if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of our unrighteousness. And that's actually one thing I want to talk about in a little bit is remembering the promise, promises of God. But uh, I'm going to get into some of my New Year's resolutions. But anything you want to add to, to yours uh, before I get into mine? Well, when you
1: said you know it affects our uh, our want to serve God, that reminds me of a quote from one of my favorite Christian writers, John Bunyan, mm. uh, from the 1600s. He says, "Prayer will make
0: a man cease from sin, or sin will cause a man to cease from prayer." Mm. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, and that that and that is so true. Uh, just constantly having that communication with God. It was one of really when you look at Jesus in His life, that's the the first thing He did every morning. Really, was just pray spend time with God. Mm-hmm. And when I think about uh, my New Year's resolutions, really I, I kind of pool them into two overarching themes where there's like sub resolutions in those if you wanna yeah. call it that. <laughs> um, but really the two main things are being intent, for me at least, the two main things that I wanna do this in this year of 2024, I wanna be more intentional and i want to strive to live in contentment not that i'm not intentional already not that i don't live in contentment already but just making better efforts to do both and so ways i think i need to be a little bit more intentional and i'm and you know i'm exposing myself a little bit here mm-hmm. but you know spending more one-on-one time in scripture with the lord just making a time to do that not that i don't read scripture but i do find myself at times uh, in days, or like where I'm, you know, I have a busy stretch. Maybe I don't spend a few days one-on-one with the Lord, uh, like uh, like I like to, you know. And and sometimes I I realize, or, or maybe my days affected more because you know I'm I'm not operating in the spirit those days. I I gravitate more towards the flesh. Um, Another thing with being intentional, making more time for doing like productive things, you know, not, I mean, obviously there's a time for rest, but not allowing that time for rest to, you know, drag on Mm -hmm. and get in the way of doing things for the Lord, you know, like one thing, and, and you know, just when I mean productive things in ministry, but just other productive things that they may not necessarily be considered ministry, but they could could aid you in ministry. Like one example for me is I would like to learn Spanish. I took Spanish when I was in college and in high school. Uh, and I could speak it pretty well at one point. Yo hablo but... un poco. <laughs> si, yo sé un poco uh, también. Um, But that's my point, I'm not fluent. Uh, maybe some of you understood what I said. Uh, but I only know a little Spanish and I would like to learn more. It's just something that's on my heart but I also see um, the opportunities for ministry with that. And, you know, another thing, making the effort to share my faith with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I It's not that I don't do that already, but just really seeing like when the door is open, hitting that opportunity to do that. You know, like there there was one time earlier this year I was talking with a girl and, and I just remember, uh, and she's a non-believer. And I remember just in my conversation with her, I, I was praying, I'm like, Lord, I know this girl doesn't know you and I want to tell her about you and my faith. Please open a door to do that. And, you know, he did open the door and I did tell her about my faith. I was very glad about that. Um, But there have been other times maybe I haven't done that. And so I want to just follow that example more of what I've done uh, myself, Um, you know, also spending more time in intentional prayer for certain things. Not that I don't pray, I pray every single day. But what I mean is like, sometimes my church will do, will do a intentional prayer for the persecuted church, right? Oh, yeah. Like I don't necessarily dedicate a time of my own to pray for the persecuted church. Um, or for example, people will go out in front of the abortion clinics mm-hmm. and they'll pray. And I've done that before, but I haven't been intentional enough, maybe in you know recent times and days to do that. Uh, you know, cause some people do. They really go out and make intentional prayer. So I think like that's another area in my life uh, where I could be more intentional. And then, and then the final sub thing with just being intentional for me is just doing the ministry, the work, uh, everything for the audience of one, yeah. not their approval of many.
1: That's something I think that is a a huge. Uh, a stumbling point in ministry because mm-hmm. you know uh, while uh, while we love God we don't see Him mm-hmm. and I think that there's you know because as fallen people our natural tendency is to grab onto the things we see right and to grab onto the things we understand yeah um, that what happens is the the numbers and the popularity become become like the biggest thing mm-hmm. and not am I serving in a way that abides by the scriptures that honors God that it, it that projects humility now you can now you can get a little too introspective with that I, I think there's a bit of narcissism in obsessing over that honestly but at the same time you like it, it does need to be something that we're conscious of. So be conscious, but not obsessive. Mm. I think that that's what I'm getting from that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, you know, I think of scriptures like even like I didn't write this one down, but Galatians one ten. That's a Mm -hmm. scripture I commonly go to. Uh, when thinking about this topic of just making sure I'm doing things for the Lord, for the audience of one. In Galatians 1.10, you know, do we aim to persuade men or God, or do we aim to please men? For if I aim to please men, I should not be called the servant of Christ. You know, also in Colossians chapter 3, in verses 23 and 24, we're told, whatever we do, do it heartily as to the Lord, Mm -hmm. right? Not unto men, knowing that the Lord will uh, receive, of the Lord, excuse me, you will receive the reward of the inheritance because you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, there was another one I had written down here. Give me a second to find it. Well, oh, yeah, yeah pro- right, right here. It's, um. well, no, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Just, just like the, just the, there's a scripture in Proverbs I really liked too, where, uh, you know, just keeping our focus on the Lord and pleasing him and not man Right, and in Proverbs sixteen verses seven through nine, I think, really articulates this well. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right, or some a lot of translations will say great revenues without justice. A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So what were you gonna say, Xander? Well,
1: I was gonna say combining this with the um Making more efforts to share your faith resolution. It, mm-hmm. it reminded me of, um, it reminded me of a passage in scripture that haunts me like all the time, and it's in John, and it's talking about the religious leaders. Mm-hmm. It's right. It's like in the chapter, like right before the Last Supper or something like that. Mm-hmm. It says some of them believed in him. It says some of them believed. But for fear of the other people they didn't confess
0: it. Oh. And it says,
1: For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God.
0: Right. And even yeah. Peter, too, like when the you know, he's Jesus is facing his persecution, mm-hmm. the the three times the ladies come to him and people come to him. Don't you know this man? I don't know who what you're talking yeah. about. You know what I mean? That association, he was afraid of that. He was ashamed of that. And, you know, as we approached it as we're in this new year now That's definitely something I would encourage everybody. Just be more bold about your faith. And where maybe you don't have the understanding or where there is lack, God will fill that void if you just trust in him. Um, So, yeah, no, other resolutions. um, Well, the other uh, overarching one was living in contentment. Mm -hmm. You know, I really want to strive more so doing that. And so what I... Uh, wrote for myself what living in contentment looks like to me would include not coveting mm, right being happy with what that's you that's a huge
1: already. one
0: right and you know I, and i'm i'll be honest you know like god has put certain desires on my heart um which i know are they can they are good desires you know not, obviously not all desires are good but like one desire i have is is marriage yeah. right and that's a good desire, but I think where it becomes maybe something that is a stumbling block or a distraction that Satan can use, because he can do that. Like, desires in and of themselves are not bad in nature unless uh, Satan uses them as distraction, and we let that become more priority than the Lord. I'm going to sidebar here yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. a little bit, uh, because I was actually just thinking about this un- unattached on my way over here this morning. mm I think, especially guys our age in the church, I think we've made an idol out of marriage.
0: Mm.
1: I think because we've, again, we we don't see God. Mm-hmm. And as fallen people, we gravitate towards the things we can see. Yeah. So we're trying to live. And I think it comes from a good motive. We're trying to live the Christian life. We're trying to live a life that honors God. And we're kind of spun out. We're like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Mm-hmm. Well, all these strong Christian men are married. Yeah. So I think i should I should get married that'll make me a strong Christian, you know, but this is like what did jesus say We're, we're not going to be married in heaven, right He says you know they're not going to be married, they're going to be like angels
0: mm-hmm.
1: we're not so I think when you when you put that in perspective, what it is is like marriage marriage is a is a gift, and marriage is a great gift from God, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's a placeholder mm-hmm. it's a placeholder that's meant to signify the relationship Jesus has with the church mm. Mm-hmm. And at the end of all time, that's going to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So I look at that and I think, yes, it's a great gift, but I see so many people who wreck themselves over this search for marriage. that It becomes like this central thing and like it, they lose sight of the grander, like the grander picture where like the 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 end game of the gospel is not find yourself a good wife and have a bunch of kids. The right. end goal of the gospel is repent and believe in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Like that I can't I can't stress that enough. Mm-hmm. You know, like I could I could talk forever about this, you right. know. But coveting coveting, I was going to mention, like coveting multiple times in the New Testament, mm-hmm. Paul parallels it he doesn't even parallel it, he calls it idolatry. Mm. And right. it and it is because what you are doing is is putting the burden of your happiness and your contentment in life on this
0: one thing that is less than God. Mm, Amen, that's a good sidebar, Xander, in this buffet conversation of New Year's (laughs) (laughs) resolutions. So kudos, and that thing you mentioned uh, about you know, not allowing this— mar- you know—the desire of marriage to be the central thing that breaks uh, a strong man of God. That is what I'm trying to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but that's the thing. Satan knows that and tries to use that as a means of distraction. And you know, what I like— uh, one quick example of that, because I know there's probably young guys who can relate to this. You know, where the desire of a Christian wife is good. Right, but that it becomes such a strong desire, like an idol, because you yeah. covet it so much. You know, you might see other young Christian men out there married and they're having kids, and you know that's great and that's awesome, and we encourage that. Um, but seeing that and being like, "I want that," why don't I have that? And then making such an effort to go get it yourself, like there, there were times in my past I would just be scrolling on like a Christian dating app, looking and look, and it just became so unhealthy. I was like, you know, I, I got to just get that off because my desire, uh, my passion, my want for a wife is uh, growing more than mm-hmm. my uh, desire to follow Christ. You well, know, we're even yeah. told the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I lack nothing. Mm-hmm. So why yeah. why do I feel like I don't? And even think of Paul. Like, what did Paul talk
1: about? He said, like, he said, I wish everyone was like me. Paul never married. Right. He said I wish everyone was like me. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like but not all of you can be like me because he's talking to the Corinthian church and some of them had a little bit of have had a little bit of trouble keeping things to themselves, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. so they so he said, "Look, if if that's going to be an issue for you, mm-hmm. get married." Yeah. But otherwise, you know, it's like I he said like not as a command. He He makes it clear that it's not a command to celibacy. Like, you know, you can't ever get married. Yeah. But what he says is like, like, I wish that that was that that was true. Like, I wish it could just be everyone could stay single. But at the same time,
0: you know, right. I think like the point that Paul's making there is just the fact that you know, marriage in that sense, it, it the the benefit of marriage, yes, is the family, the kids being fruitful, multiplying. Mm-hmm. But it's also about, you know, that being a tool that God uses to advance his kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, I see that uh, marriages a lot of the times, really God ordains them because they have a purpose for the kingdom. Right. And in Paul's case, maybe he didn't get married because God was able to use him to do greater things for the kingdom than He would have been able to if he was married. Now, that's not true for everybody, but, you know, that that is important Mm -hmm. to realize that, you know, the things that we want in life, especially in this new year, right, really what those wants should be, you know, we shouldn't allow those things to make us discontent, you know, because Mm -hmm. the greatest thing that we have that should make us content is our salvation. You know, we have the biggest question to life answered you know what will happen to me when i die i will be eternity right and it's just so important when i think of uh scriptures like in matthew chapter six you know we're told not to worry you know god will supply all our needs you know and and Mm -hmm. one uh scripture that really stuck out in uh those uh verses Right, think of this though. You you obviously many people know that part of scripture where it says, You know, the fowls of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap. You know, your heavenly father, he takes care of them all, right? The rain uh was it the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, right? God makes sure that they're clothed. Um right, but it says this, right? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you That even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these, right? Think about it. Solomon was probably, I I mean, to my knowledge, he was the richest guy Mm -hmm. in all the Bible, right? In terms of physical wealth, the guy had all the wealth you could imagine, right? But in all of that, it was not as bountiful in terms of what heavenly riches are, right? And I think that's so important is, Maybe some of our desires are not heavenly, rich desires; they're mm-hmm. earthly, rich desires, and maybe that is what leads to the discontent. Uh, at least that's what I notice in my life uh, when I, when I think about this, right? And I think another thing that really helps me to stay in that mode of contentment is constantly reminding myself of what God has already done for me. You know, mm-hmm. thanking Him for what I already have. You know, as we talked about in the Thanksgiving episode, an attitude of gratitude, right? And also just remembering the promises of God. There's so many promises of God uh, here. You know, I think of even Psalm 65 11, you crown the year with your goodness, your paths drip in abundance, right? We sometimes, like I said, like, why do we feel like sometimes we do lack things when God is our shepherd? He's the good shepherd, the ultimate shepherd. What, what are your thoughts on that? Xander in terms of maybe people I don't know how to word this but like do you, let, me, let me just ask it this way do you think that not reminding ourselves of the promises of God can lead to this like oh, maybe discontent
1: absolutely and okay. I, there's a lot of scripture that I would say agrees with that mm-hmm. like something that uh, gets me is Romans 1 so Romans 1 when it talks about you know, for though they knew God, they didn't honor Him as God. It also says they didn't give Him thanks. Mm. So I think that's a that's an interesting. It's an interesting. My mom was the one that made that observation actually to me. Hmm. But um, but it's a it. But it's a very interesting observation that when when you don't honor God, you don't thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this, and I I think yes, being losing sight of the provision that God has already. Like we talked about this in the I want to say the Christmas episode, but um, the Israelites in
0: Egypt—they're
1: mm-hmm. wandering around in Egypt. God's already freed them. Yeah, they're they're freed, and what do they keep telling Moses? You brought us out here to die.
0: Yeah, right. Like
1: that—that's what they—that's what they keep telling him. And they're like, "Oh, back in Egypt, we had food and all all, all that stuff." So we we forget all. Like I I don't understand how. I understand and I don't, how we can lose sight of the fact that our eternal security matters more than anything we could want here. I understand how we can view that, uh, we can lose sight of that, because we're fallen people. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still fallen people. The Reformers defined it in Latin as simul justus et peccator, that means simultaneously just and sinner. Right. So it's, so we have this nature that we tend to forget these these things but I think we need to really really focus on just what God has already done and that's that's why we we have the scripture the scripture exactly is an entire testament to the fact that Jesus saves sinners mm-hmm. and that he's faithful to save sinners and that he saves them completely yep and that and like the entire Old Testament is waiting to be fulfilled in Jesus yes and we also just see the power of God on mm-hmm. display in the Old Testament. We see the power of God on display throughout the, entire, the, the entirety of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And we have the assurance that he's coming again, mm-hmm. that all things are going to be made new, that we're going to be made one, that we're, that we're going to spend eternity with him. Yep. Uh, like, uh, so I think if we keep that in the forefront of our minds, you know, like if we do that, coveting will be, not saying we'll be perfect against coveting, but it will definitely be mitigated.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, it it's so important to just remember that, like, there's just the fact that yeah, God has done so much for us, but we look at what we don't have, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes we like like with the example of the Israelites, you know, the I I hear this expression uh, a lot when I when I hear Bible teaching or just commentary on it, where God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, but more so, He was trying to get. Uh, yeah, he took the Israelites out of Egypt, and then he was trying to take Egypt out of the Israelites. Yes, thank you. Yes, yeah. so he was—he took them out of Egypt, but he was trying to get Egypt out of them. Yep. right. And we—that—that that applies still to our lives too, where sometimes we 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 look back at what we like things like maybe non-believers have, and, and we get jealous of them, right? Like mm-hmm. even in Proverbs it says, "Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long." For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. That is really, uh, we hear later in Jeremiah, you know, we have, God has thoughts of peace, not of evil to mm-hmm. us to give us a future and a hope, an expected end, right? Well, think of the Psalms too. Psalm 73,
1: Asaph is being very honest, and he says, yeah. you know, he's like, I I stumbled because I looked at these non-believers, and I looked at the wicked man, and I was like, Hey, this guy's got more and I'm, you know, I'm kind of sitting here a little suffering, you know, and he's mm-hmm. he's wondering and then he said it all made sense when he went into the sanctuary. Mm. And he he was able to put things into perspective. So I think it, it that is something at the start of the year again, like just realign yourself biblically. Yes. Like realign yourself biblically and that's something I'm going to add to, you know, just verbal confession yes. is a daily realignment of your perspective mm-hmm. to to biblical uh, just to biblical standards like i think martin luther was the one who said um uh we need to live like jesus died yesterday rose again today and is coming back tomorrow mm. i think is
0: what he said okay yeah that's really okay. good it's it's about having just soundness of heart and mind and everything uh going into this new year you mm-hmm. know it, again in proverbs in chapter 14 verse 30 it says a sound heart is the life of the flesh but envy the rottenness of the bones, right? And and, it, and again, just really delighting in the Lord. You know, he should be our greatest delight. He should be our greatest desire to pursue him in life. And, you know, I, I'll admit sometimes I don't always do that, but that's why a scripture like Psalm 37, realigning ourselves with this scripture and all this scripture is so important because, you know, it says in Psalm 37, seven four, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Mm-hmm. Just, remember that today when you listen to this you guys if we just keep our mind on jesus we focus on the kingdom of heaven all these things will be added to us we need to make that effort to renew our minds by reading the scripture and confessing our sins to god daily you know it says to take up our cross daily to die to our flesh daily follow him daily. So that's, that's really important. So, you know, for me, I want to be intentional. I want to live with contentment and always keep God first and the scripture forefront. Um, Would, I mean, sounds like you agree with me there, Xander, is there anything else you'd like to add uh, to your own resolutions for 2024? Nothing to my
1: resolution, but there is one scripture that I really want to add. Sure.
0: Uh, Just in, just in the perspective of new
1: year, this is from Isaiah, Mm -hmm. Uh, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Mm Mm-hmm. It says, remember not the... This is God speaking. He says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Yes. I will make a way in the wilderness and mm. rivers in the desert. Mm-hmm. So whatever was 2023, that that, that happened. it's yes. It's done. Mm-hmm. You know, his mercies are new every morning is what Lamentations says. Yes. And so it's just... You know, it's putting that behind you and focusing this day on what new things God is doing, I think is is a good perspective to have for your year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I I think we could both agree that all what was shared here, what I've shared and what Xander has shared, those are healthy resolutions Mm -hmm. to really just make sure that God is the forefront of our life with the things we want to do. Because again, as we mentioned God gives us those desires, but he wants to make sure our delight is in him first and not those desires. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really have one more question, Xander, maybe something we didn't talk so much about. Maybe we did a little bit. But, you know, we consider these healthy resolutions. What would we consider unhealthy resolutions for a young Christian to make, a young adult or someone who maybe still is a little younger than us, you know, in their youth still? What would you consider unhealthy resolutions to make? Well,
1: just the— um just the inverse of that, anything that's trying to please man more than God. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't even have to consciously neglect the will of God to do it, but just anything in which the benefit is not your relationship with God or because you really want to honor the Lord mm-hmm. or be, I think I think there is something like you know the personal like like health resolutions and stuff like that. You know, and it's not necessarily wrong to just want to look like good, but do it because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, you're like my pastor always says he work, he works out at the Y, and he says it's not because I'm, you know, obsessed with my image. He says he just says I'm doing some temple maintenance. That's right. that's what he, <laughs> that's what he defines it as. Yes. So it is. So do it from that respect, not because you're concerned with how other people see you. So I think really. Just aligning it from a biblical perspective, it's
0: anything that puts the opinions of others or any object above God. Right, exactly. And, you know, as I was thinking about what you were saying, you know, most people's resolutions, I would consider them to be healthy resolutions. I feel Mm -hmm. like most people are not going to have a bad New Year's resolution that causes harm to themselves, right? But as Christian young adults and Christian youth, I think what's important is, like you said, you know, are we doing these things to please other men, right? And if so, like with all these resolutions, I think what's important to remember is where's god in the equation right Mm -hmm. are we trying to take all these matters into our own hands and that leads me to another scripture i have here again in proverbs where it's a book full of wisdom uh in chapter 16 verses 2 and 3 it says all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Mm-hmm. I know some other versions say that he, he looks at their motives, yeah. right? Commit thy works unto the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. So I think that, like you said, it's really important um, to make sure that we are— putting God in the equation and not just in the equation that he is the first part of that equation that I have this desire in my heart. I have this resolution I want to make, but I'm going to make sure as a believer in Jesus Christ and a follower of Jesus Christ, that he is at the forefront, that he is first in this desire, Mm -hmm. not myself. Um, So yeah, I think, you know, anything else you want to add to that? That's about it. (laughs) There you go. So (laughs) Um, I'm sure there's a lot more that we could talk about New Year's resolutions, but uh, and, you know, a lot more topics, a lot more other resolutions, whatever the case may be, but maybe you guys have some New Year's resolutions or maybe some thoughts about New Year's resolutions that we didn't talk about. And if that's the case, we would love to hear from you because I'm sure there's some great insight that you guys have from your experience walking with the Lord. So if that's you, please go to our website, marshillnetwork.org slash MHAX. I'll share that one more time. It's marshillnetwork.org slash MHAX. Uh, When you reach that page, you'll see a little form on there. Please fill it out and let us know your, thoughts. We love to hear from you. Uh, Again, thank you so much for joining us. We have great topics coming up, too, uh, to kick off the new year. So stick with us and help us make a maximum impact for the kingdom of God. Teddy Caputo and Xander Deacon signing off of Max Impact.